Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLU, CIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Tony Granaccia. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Tony, thanks for stopping in and talking to us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Well, you know, I'm excited because I know you got some really good stuff happening in the podcasting world. And, uh, you know, podcasts are are becoming so popular now that we're going to be educated on maybe why people in business should start looking at them as a way of content. So you're going to help us all out. But let me tell let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Um, Tony uh, is not a newbie to this thing. He's grown over 10,000 small businesses and a dozen Fortune 500 companies, including ADP, Ford and AutoNation, and became the Google Partner of the Year. Later, Tony returned to his entrepreneurial roots to bring the strategy tactics and resources normally reserved for the large enterprises to the small business businesses. Um, and today that's what you're focusing on. So Tony, tell us a little bit how you got started and what you're up to now. Yeah. So uh, you'll love this story because I know you love cannolis, but uh, I grew up in small business. My parents had a small Italian bakery. So I literally grew up eating lots of cannolis. Unfortunately, I'm still paying the price for that. And, uh, you know, they were wonderful bakers, but not the best business people necessarily. So they know what they know. Unfortunately, that business failed. And so, you know, that always had a huge impact on me because I literally the whole the three of us, my mother, uh, my father and myself had to move into my oldest sister's basement for a period of time to kind of recover from this huge loss. We lost everything. The the car, the house, even my dog, I had to give up to um, one of my other sisters. And that always kind of stuck with me. So years later, I went to uh, University of Connecticut and study of all things entrepreneurship and music, but that's another story. And I always kind of wanted, looking back at now, I kind of wanted to redeem the past in a sense. So I started from college, one of the first online bakeries. So kind of went back into that area and, you know, had a, a good amount of success. Uh, you know, we had made cakes for Jennifer Lopez, Jay-Z, huge companies. And I thought, hey, this business thing's pretty easy. It's not that hard, uh, you know. Uh, and that's when I discovered I didn't know what I, I didn't know. So even though I had, you know, great PR, great clients, all these things working for me, uh, that business still failed. And I can explain why later. So then... I said to myself, okay, clearly I'm missing something. I don't know necessarily what I'm doing. Who does? And that's when I went on a 10-year journey to work with the absolute best companies in the world, some of them you just mentioned. And uh, and then from there, 
my heart was always with small business. So after about a decade run in the corporate world, working with amazing companies, I decided to leave, go back, start a marketing agency to share, as you mentioned, the, pro, uh, the strategies, tools, and tactics that these great companies have with the average small business, which I call democratized marketing. So that's kind of uh, a summary of how I got to where I am today. And, and really now I'm repurposing those, those strategies for podcasters in particular, which the majority are in fact, small businesses. Yeah, they're very entrepreneurial and they are really small, but they, they, but, but they have great rewards uh, if you do it the right way over time. And so you've, you've been around. So what do you yeah. think uh, the things are that you did that you believe helped you to succeed? Well, the lessons I've learned, uh, a lot of them have come from my mother. Uh, my mother uh, grew up uh, in the late 30s when she, uh, she was born in the late 30s and unfortunately contracted polio as, as a child. And uh, the one thing she always taught me was the lesson of resilience, because I think that's the first thing you need to have in, in small business in particular, because if you're not resilient, you're not going to be able to bounce back because you're going to have strategy, uh, struggles, issues, road, uh, um, road bumps, etc. And so what she taught me and how to really overcome anything in either life or business is the idea of taking small steps. And so what happened with her uh, was she couldn't walk and her vision was always to be able to wear high heels someday. Uh, and, and so when she was a child to build up her muscular strength, they would have her, you know, working with pottery and, and, and getting some, you know, neuromuscular strength to the uh, point where she was able to graduate, so to speak, and swim. Uh, and then she was got, got to the point where she could walk between these poles and finally she built up her strength. And so the lesson kind of what I learned from that and what the title of my upcoming book is, it, uh, Small Steps to Big Profits, is the idea of taking small steps. So to accomplish anything, you have to break it down into specific steps. And that's nothing new. You'll hear that a lot. But the part that really makes the difference is breaking those small steps down into three specific things. Number one, knowing what to do. Number two, knowing how to do it. And number three, taking action. Majority of people, uh, let alone small business owners and entrepreneurs, miss one of those three. Typically, they go right to the action without first thinking about what they need to do. Uh, and then, or others, you know, sometimes they, they get those down, but then they actually fail to actually take the action. So those three combined are really what's necessary to have success in anything you're trying to accomplish. I agree with you. Uh, my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, talks a lot about processes. And my book's all about building a multi-million dollar practice on 80 days of work a year. And I did that for 40 years. But the point is, you're really right. The three things, what, how, and the action. So they all need a process in each of those areas, um, which is just great advice. And I know your software is built around processes in every step. And we're going to talk about that in a little while. But what a, what a remarkable story on your mom, though. That's fantastic. Wow. Yes. She inspires me every day. So, uh, you know, she's doing great. She's still walking today. She's in her mid eighties, still walking, which is, you know, amazing because a lot of people her age is, aren't able to do that. Here she is, a polio survivor is able to do that. So she's really quite an inspiration even, even uh, now. That's wonderful. What trends are you see impacting your business and professional right now? Is there any trends that you're concerned about or you think are good? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, just from a, a, a wider scope, from a marketing perspective, you're seeing a lot more um, fragmentation. So things are getting fragmented. So at one point, you know, there used to be, uh, you know, five television stations, a couple of radio stations. Then, you know, of course, you had cable come out, expanded, and then you have the internet expands even more. But, you know, it's gotten to the point where there's so many different channels. You know, how do you pick which one's going to have success. So that's one of the first challenges is just the fragmentation that's out there. Then secondly, once you actually pick a channel where you might have some success, there's so much competition in there. So the other challenge, of course, is how do you stand out? And then the third kind of change that's really impacting people is technology. Just look at what's going on with artificial intelligence and and, you know, uh, you know, I just saw Amazon's got a robot now. You got automated uh, cars. Uh, there's so much happening. And so those three challenges of, of fragmentation, kind of the clutter, and finally, technology has made it really difficult. And I think that's why it's even more important to have really a, a clear strategy of what you're going to do, because you just don't have the same, uh, you know, kind of um, grace, so to speak, when you're marketing, because you really have to be so on target, you're not going to have success otherwise. And so that's something I carry throughout all my marketing, whether it's for podcasting or uh, I still do consulting. And uh, that's something I always keep in mind is how do you mitigate those those changing forces? Yeah, I mean, lots going on in your world along with anybody else in tech world. And, but when you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's all sides, you know, your head's got to be going around at 360 degrees type of thing, you know? Yeah. It, to, you got to and you have to be futuristic in your in your sight. You can't be narrow minded, um, just like you did when you were working on and putting all these things you did for the big companies you put together as an entrepreneur, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, what what concerns you maybe the most, though, about business in general, maybe your business? What's the one concern that you might have? Well, I mean, with anything, what I find most businesses are lacking is really a strategic plan. And so without having a strategic plan, you know, businesses kind of waffle from this strategy to that strategy, having a shiny object. And so what I've tried to do is whittle down to the core issue. So, you know, from a podcasting perspective, the biggest issue that most podcasters have is profitability. They're just not making money. They spend so much time trying to get podcasts up, uh, editing it, uh, but very little time in, in the marketing and really monetization of it. And so from a strategic point, the way I took my own system is I kind of looked at that and, and my process starts with, okay, who is their buyer? Uh, what products can I provide them that solves their biggest need? And so a real life example of how I use my own system to, from a strategic perspective to solve a problem in a space I wanted to enter podcasting. That's exactly what I did. I said, okay, who's, who's the core buyer? Well, small business owners, but in this case, you got to be more specific. So I'm going to say podcasters. Number two, what's their biggest challenge? Well, they're not profitable. And that naturally led into the product, which I call an offering because an offering is a product or service. And, and what I wanted to provide is something that helps them because if you look at profitability, that's the problem. What products can I serve that help profitability? Well, two of the biggest things I've found that helps profitability is A, being able to monetize, obviously, and two, be able to grow your, your audience, your, your number of buyers. Uh, and so that's why I focus on it is marketing and monetization. 
Yeah, and that's a, an area that people, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs forget that you you need to monetize your business and make profit. You, it's nice to be uh, idealistic about it being such a good product. We get caught up on our product. We yeah. can't making money. That's not good. No. <laughs> you have to be really focused on that. And then, you know, there's that, uh, that yin-yang where you you try to avoid the shiny and sparkling things and you stay with a strategy that may or may not be working. And then the question is, how long do I give this attempt in this strategy? And how much money do I pump, pump in? That's always going to be a, uh, in some cases, a no-win situation because it, you have to do it uh, to see if it works, but the, you don't want to do it too long, especially in the marketing part of it. Well, you know, what's interesting about that, one of the things I learned early on, uh, especially when I was working with Google, is just the idea of releasing quickly and also releasing a product that may not even be existing yet. So, for instance, before I even launched my software, I talked with the, well, here's a, a basic lesson, but people just don't do this. The first thing you should do is talk to your ideal audience. And so I spent a lot of time on the phone just asking people, because I didn't even have a podcast when I, when I started all this. And, uh, you know, I would go on phone calls with podcasters, successful ones, people that aren't successful and ask them, what are you doing? What's working? What's not? What's your biggest challenge? And so I got to this problem, identifying the problem by talking to people. And then once you do that, which you, so that's one way to help ensure your success to a certain extent. The next thing is, you know, see if you can sell it before it's actually available. So, in fact, you know, we've done a lot of pre-sales. Uh, you know, we did some pilots, we did some alpha releases, but we're doing a massive pre-launch. So, we're selling the product before it's even 100% done. And so, we've there's all sorts of things like that that you can borrow from what great companies do, uh, especially those in Silicon Valley do this a lot. And that's something we can all do. It, you know, it could be anything. You just need really... Um, a way to give people that vision. A lot of times just a PowerPoint can do that even. Yeah, no, that's a great strategy too, because you really get a handle on the market on a pre-launch and see if it's really something people are willing to spend the money on and maybe get your price set too. Yes. Yeah, uh, interesting. Um, let's talk about, um, you have a great website. And when I went up there to check out things, there were little things that I saw that I wanted you to explain. And you talk about small steps, grow profits. Let's discuss that. Sure. Yeah. So small steps, grow profits is very much aligned with what I was mentioning before about what my mother's story was, but it's the idea of taking any kind of big task and breaking it down into small steps. Uh, but beyond that, as we also discussed, taking those small steps and breaking those down into the what you have to do, uh, the how you have to do it, and then taking the action. And 99% of the people I meet with, you know, they go right to the action. Okay, what can we do today? But, you know, what I found is having the strategy of knowing what to do first really saves you time in the long run. I used to be a um, professional violinist. And so I remember I, I was learning some difficult music and, you know, the natural tendency, because I actually went to music school, uh, the natural tendency was just to jump in and start playing this thing, play as fast as you can. And really another way of putting all this is the way my teacher um, broke it down. So he was a top regard regarded violinist, played, you know, with the best people in the world, Carnegie Hall, recordings on Sony, the whole bit. And he taught me a similar lesson. He was like, okay, 
If you want to play something fast, you have to slow down to speed up. You have to break it down. And that, unfortunately, you know, because we're so predisposed to take action, which is great, a lot of times you want to step back and really evaluate what you're doing. And that is really one of the keys to success that I've found over the years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, a, there's another part of that. And I talk about that again in my book, where you need to break things down in steps, organize it, know what you're going to do. But then there's that little, uh, what do I call it, uh, overkill of analyzing, where you, you do so much planning, you never get to the action part. So you have to be aware of that. So yes, for sure. Yeah, you know, action is needed in those three steps, but people sometimes get caught up on the analyzing and it's almost like they're in academia world, you know, we, yes. we can't do it until it's perfect. And I always say 80% in my life is perfect. <laughs> if I get to 80%, it's ready to go. Right. So, but that's a great, that's a great way of doing it. Steps. And the three, the three steps that are important. Um, yeah, when that actual one, that's why we specifically put in action because it has to be there specifically because people, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I assume I have to, no, you have to take the action. Otherwise, because the reality is the strategy is there to give you a kind of an idea of what you're going to do. But at the end of the day, you're not typically, your strategy is not even going to work in the first place. It's going to change. It's going to morph. So you have to be like, able to adapt but at least it gives you a starting point so you can kind of have some bearings robert ringer wrote a good book on action and it's a great book to read and i think the name of it is action but it's robert ringer i'd read that because it really focuses on okay all this other stuff is great but that third leg that you keep talking about called action has to take place um how do you uh, scale quickly tony you you mentioned that so tell us about that well, the easiest way to scale, uh, and I think a lot of times scaling quickly, there's a, you know, what's that saying? Uh, it takes 30 years to be an overnight success. This, yes. The scaling, I think, happens as a result of having systems that can help you scale. Uh, and so I think it's important to build those systems out before you scale. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, a shortcut, because we all want shortcuts, is find the person, the who. So a lot of times the shortcut is not necessarily the what, like building the systems, it might be the who. So find someone that can incorporate that for you, someone that's been there before, having a mentor. Those are really the fastest ways to get to where you want to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that, that kind of brings me down to, uh, we talk about business all the time, and sometimes it business success sometimes is not about basically all that you're doing, but who you're doing it with and and you know that's where the marketing comes and the connectors that you find in that marketing um you know how many times have you marketed something it failed but through that marketing you made a new network relationship which you didn't even expect and things work out so it's called yeah. activity right good activity yeah. Just getting out there. Yeah, I've, I've had so many opportunities. Like um, I'm doing a, a very large giveaway to promote the launch of my software. And it's interesting because people I would never expect gave me some fantastic uh, referrals that just got me into major magazines and everything else. And so it's like you never know where it's going to come from. So it's good to just kind of get out there and start taking steps. Again, that's the small steps <laughs> kind of 
thought process. You just go out there, start taking the small steps, and then things will open up as they come. It, a lot of times, not everything is going to be revealed, you know? And so you want to kind of take those initial steps, get some momentum, and then you get what I call a flywheel effect, a results flywheel. So you start getting the flywheel as you take the steps, you get momentum, success breeds success, and then you, before you know it, you're where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, when you take the, I mean, you're making a lot of sense because that's the thing where people forget. You do need focus, but you need process. You have to know what you're looking for and know what your end result, what you'd like it to look for and, and what that vision is. And because there's no guarantee once you start making those steps, it's going to end up the way you want it, but you have a chance to do it. And you, um, Maxwell Maltz wrote a great book, Dr. Maltz, in I think 1923. And he talks about cyber-cybernetics, which is really, hey, I want to be here in three years. And you're not quite sure how to get there, but somehow in your internal subcontract, you, you keep moving in that direction because it's it's built into you. Well, it's the same thing when you do these processes that you talk about. You you put it into your system and you think about it subconsciously. Somehow you find your way, whether it be a connection or things you didn't even think about. So it's kind of a cool, cool thing because you're focused to a degree, right? Yeah, focus. And that's a big part of scaling too. The easiest way to get off track is to be all over the place. So to scale, you really have to have a laser focus on exactly what you want to do. That will also help you get to your the point where you want to be faster. So how do you manage crisis? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So if you have crisis, I mean, what you want to do is kind of look at how you're allocating primarily three things. You know, you want to look at how you're allocating your time, your effort and your money. And so, for instance, when the pandemic first hit, the first thing I looked at was money because I knew cash could be tight. You know, we, we lost, as a matter of fact, we lost at the time with my marketing agency, 80% of our revenue basically within a month. And so that can be a very scary thing. So the first thing I did was looked at my cash flow and my money and said, okay, where, what's going out, what's coming in? How do I expedite what's coming in? How do I delay what's going out? And so it was basic things like calling up vendors and saying, hey, can we extend the terms? Uh, in some examples, I was able to negotiate discounts. So for instance, uh, my web hosting provider at the very beginning of the beginning, uh, the uh, pandemic gave 50% off over three months. I mean, that's a huge savings. Other things I paid upfront because I could get a year discount. And so the first thing I looked at was, okay, what do I do with my money? Then the next thing I evaluated uh, is where am I putting my time and, and my effort? And so looking at the highest leverage things. And that's when I really actually, you know, at that point is when I really started questioning everything I was doing. I said, okay, my highest leverage activity is not necessarily agency, even though I love working with individual business owners and, and having a team and all that. Really, the highest leverage thing I can do is create trainings, which I started a training company actually before all this. But then that's when I really started thinking and say, okay, how can I get something that really scales, shares what I know and have has the biggest impact across the most people. And that's when I kind of came up with the idea of software. And so that was kind of how I totally pivoted what I'm doing away from agency services to go more into serving a much bigger uh, base of people through uh, Castasi, which is my software that makes podcasting profitable. So that's kind of how I pivoted that. And then of course, my effort, the effort follows kind of the attention. So I started really focusing on that area 
And so that's kind of how I align. So really, in summary, it's your, your time, uh, your effort, and your money. You want to find the biggest leverage uh, and, and really maximize what you're doing and, and conserve that cash. That helps you through any kind of financial crisis from a business perspective. Tony, you do a lot. I mean, you're very talented and you know a lot, but uh, do you uh, delegate uh, any of your work or are you pretty much doing it all yourself? Yeah, well, originally when I had my agency, I had 20 people. Uh, then I, you know, I'm like an all or nothing person. So I, yeah, I dig in. And so that when I reevaluated things, I was like, you know what, what do we want in life? And that's when, you know, discussions, and I mean broader beyond business. And so I discussed with my wife, my family and everything. And we really evaluated what we want to do. And so we ended up I ended up totally shifting my life with my business. So I focused on software. And then on top of that, uh, we moved. We did a, a move halfway across the country. And so a lot of changes. So typically I do delegate. Uh, so I try to create systems and then have a, a team that I delegate to. I literally just moved like um, less than a month ago. And so I haven't built up a, a team down here yet. But yes, that is my plan. The more I can, you know, uh, uh, delegate or or give to an outside party even the better well you know uh having run uh, an agency for 50 years or so with employees uh nowadays with technology and 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 such great software and uh i just learned the phrase visual assistant you know you know liz hill right yeah, virtual assistant yeah yep yes yep i mean she's been great so you know stuff i need to do i just hand out to her and it's great nowadays that's that's kind of a, i never heard of that until a couple of years ago right oh so yeah it's it's really identifying okay you know i can i can ship this out because i'm not interested in doing it myself and they do it much better and it's cheaper and you know i'm i'm billing it 300 an hour i i this is a 20 dollar an hour deal and you have to do it that way if you're going to stay focused on the on the big on the big thing, right? Correct. So yes. you you create partners and people to do this that are outside your your business, but they know how to do it, right? Yeah, I've always done that. I mean, typically what I've found is a lot of times I want to do the process first. That way I can um, design what it is and they just follow the steps. I have tried in the past where I just kind of let someone figure out on their own depending on their level of skill, that can sometimes be a big mess. And so if you're working with um, less skilled talent, you know, that I haven't had experience in doing whatever you're, you're trying to accomplish. I find personally, it's better to find an expert that's done that, have them document the process or, or if it's something you're familiar with, then document it. So that's kind of where I spend a lot of time. And then also back in my agency, I spent months defining a hiring process. So when I bring someone on board, I know they align with, with, um, my values. Uh, I know that they are able to do the skill, but then beyond that, the biggest factor I found with hiring people is having someone that's adaptable, someone that's a self-starter, self-learner. And so I built, spent a lot of time building systems and questions and, and things to that effect to help uh, flesh out those ideal candidates. Uh, that's very bright because uh, if you don't do that, it costs you big time in the long run in time, money, and a lot of aggravation. So you're right doing that. Um, so how do you manage to grow predictably? Yeah, well, predictability is probably one of the biggest, um, it's probably the biggest indicator of your future success. 
And so if you look at any kind of venture capital company or major um, enterprise that's looking to do an acquisition, that's one of the things they look for first. They want to know that you can predictably grow the business. And so that means having a predictable marketing sales system. It also means, you know, having predictable fulfillment. And so to get there, you have to first, uh, this kind of all circles back, you have to have your strategic plan in place. So you have to know what are your core buyers, who are they? Uh, and, and then you need to know what you're going to provide them. That's kind of table stakes. The next thing you really need to have is really, and we haven't talked about this yet, a, a value proposition. You have to understand, and, and more importantly, a market has to understand why would they buy from you as opposed to anyone else uh, or do nothing at all. And that is really where you're going to get traction because once you have that formula, it's very funny because you can see it instantly. A business that has that, which in you know from an investor perspective, they call that product market fit. Once you have the product market fit, everything else goes much easier. And I'm, I'm experiencing this now. Like I've had many businesses where it's like, you're putting a lot of time, effort, money into it. It grows very slowly or not at all or incrementally. That's probably the worst thing is actually is, is death by a thousand cuts is growing incrementally. It's like, yeah, I grew a little bit. When you have product market fit, it's very different because the conversations you have, people are excited to buy it. Like right now, when I talk to my software, you know, I'll talk to someone for five minutes and they're like, okay, you know, shut up. Let me just give you my credit card. And so when you have that, then you know you can predictably grow your sales. But if you don't have the foundation of knowing who your buyer is, what they want to buy specifically, and why they would buy it, then everything else is much more challenging to get. So to answer your question, to get to that, that point, uh, you need to have the product market fit. Everything else then goes much easier. Yeah, and pro product market fit really is, is equal to deep down detailed profile of your ideal prospect. Yeah, absolutely. You have to know your buyer. And that's why, as I mentioned, when I started the company, first thing I did was go on a lot of phone calls and talk to people. That's one of the fastest things. People, I don't know why. I don't know if it's a fear of, of you know, some insecurity or what, but people just don't want to go out and talk to their, their buyers. And so if you can go off and not to pitch them, really, you're trying to learn. And so going on the phone is very important, especially in the early stages, to make sure you're, you're on target. Yeah, and, and really, they appreciate it, too, because they want to know if you have a fit for them, and it is something, they want to know that, too. Um, but I think you're, you're, a lot of people don't spend the time to really drill down. They, they stay too general. They don't get specific. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, you'd rather have a specific market because, like you said, you made a good point. Well, you know, right in two minutes, if they're going to get excited about what you got, right? Because yeah. it's what they're looking for, right? Without them telling you, right? Yeah, people at the end of the day want to solve their problems. And so if you can solve their problem, you're going to have success. And what I found is the, the relation of your success is relative to how big of a problem you solve, how many people you solve it for, how long they're impacted for, and, and how are they able to share that problem? Like, is there a viral component that they can tell others about it? If you get those four things, then you're really going to make a huge impact. And then your success is relative to the impact you make in this world. You know, I asked you earlier to help us out on the Cannoli Club um, and do something, I think we said March. 
And some of the things that you're talking about today on this podcast, um, although that we're not just talking about software and podcasts and how they work, you're, you're educating the audience quite a bit on business. And it's refreshing to hear some of the things that you're saying because they make so much sense and you need that core education. It's like, what do I don't know about business? Well, you know, listen to this podcast to learn an awful lot about business, not so much podcasting, but business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now I want to move to probably the thing you're more excited about talking about is um, the, uh, the, um, the giveaway. Listen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So as you know, I'm very passionate about, you know, helping small business and, you know, specifically with podcasts, making them profitable. And so I thought, how can I make the biggest impact in the shortest amount of time? So in terms of scale and also in terms of, you know, what's a great way to launch my software. And that's why I thought, why not get the best people in the world together to really do three things to provide um, their knowledge, tools and resources. And so when I was thinking about it, I said, like, what's the best format to do that? And that's when I came up with the idea of doing a massive giveaway. Uh, and this is unlike any other giveaway. What makes it really unique is that we focus on three things. One, we have prizes. So anyone can register and get prizes from some of the top podcast brands, from hosting companies to software companies. You can, you can win gear for free. Uh, just incredible. You'd have to see it to believe it. But we have probably over 100000 maybe even $200,000 worth of prizes that people can win. Then we also have gifts. So a lot of the top thought leaders in podcasting, people like Chris Cremistos from PodFest, people like uh, Alex Sanfilippo from PodMatch, uh, just dozens of the top people. I actually convinced them to give me their best stuff on how to make podcasting profitable. And so each one of them has an interview and they also have free mini courses. So whether you're looking to start a podcast or if you have a podcast, you want to make it profitable, we have free resources, tools, checklists, courses, et cetera, for you. And then finally, we have special deals. Uh, and so the way I'm pre-launching my software is actually through this. So I'm giving a lifetime deal on Castasi, which is the software company I mentioned. But then I have amazing deals from other companies where you can get things at, you know, 50% off, 30, you know, pay 30%, you know, those kinds of crazy deals. And so this is the only giveaway. Uh, that has those three areas of prizes, uh, gifts, and deals. And so I'm super, super excited about it. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh, value out of it. When's the giveaway or is it go ongoing? Uh, it's actually, what we're doing is we're doing this every quarter. So people are so excited about it. Originally, I just thought of doing one. Originally, it was a much smaller idea. It's really kind of ballooned uh, since I started. So we're, we're doing it now. It's going on right now. And it runs through uh, October. And then we have another one coming up in November through mid-December. And then we'll be doing it every quarter from, from then on. And, and Tony, if I posted it in the summary notes, is it a link that they go up and um, learn about? Correct. Yes. Okay. So instead of you trying to tell us over the audio, I'll make sure it gets in the show notes. And um, unless you want to tell us about it now, if it's an easy link to uh, relinquish. Yeah, uh, if people want to go and check it out, uh, the link is podcastinggiveaway.com. Very simple, podcastinggiveaway.com. 
and that's where you can learn and see all the different things that are um, are available. And I'll put that in the show notes also. Yeah, um, that's quite a that's quite a, uh, a an event going on. So you're doing it every quarter. Yes, and, uh, it's probably for the people that are thinking about doing a podcast or have a podcast like I do. It's it's well worth to go up there and, and look at the educational value too, huh? Yes, and even if you're not wanting to do a podcast, next quarter is the one we're focusing on for guests. So say you want to be on podcasts or say you want to be on virtual stages like a virtual summit or speaking engagements or even offline, that one is going to be even more exciting because I've gotten some of the top people in virtual summits and speaking uh, to do the same thing, give me private access to their their content, their, their tools, their resources, and we're giving away tickets to major events in, the, in that area too. So the next one is really targeted for people that maybe never even want to do a podcast, but they want to be on podcasts or other virtual stages. So I would encourage anyone to register now because when you register now, you get uh, access to the next one. And you know why not win a nice microphone? while you're at it, which you can apply next, uh, even if you don't want to have your podcast, they're really handy for interviews. I'm going up after this podcast. <laughs> um, Tone, uh, the other thing is I, I noticed on your website and I've read it and it's really good, your small steps manifesto and your um, cast the city trial. I can't pronounce that. Castosity, like velocity. Okay. Castosity. Yeah, okay. All right. I see that's up there on your website, right? Yes. Yeah. So Castosity is our um, software that helps make podcasting profitable by automating the marketing and monetization of your show. Uh, and then the Small Steps Manifesto is really kind of my treatise, so to speak, on how to grow uh, based on a lot of my own personal stories I share within there. Uh, but more importantly, I have my, my one page growth marketing system, which I call the results loop. You walk through that and it shows you exactly how to exponentially grow your business. Uh, and in, in fact, that's the system I'm using. So my goal is to grow a million dollar business in less than a year. Uh, and so that is what this is going to be because I'm going to then tell that story in my book that comes out next year, Small Steps to Grow Profit. So it all intertwines. It seems like all this is unrelated, but really the software connects really to the heart of what I'm trying to do, which is help small businesses and then showing how it's done, which is through my my uh, results loop. Yeah, and, and really, I've I've gone through the um, manifesto. It's really well written, and again, it's a lot of what you were talking about today. So it's great. It's a great stuff to go to get into, and the free trials up there too, so you can do that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. yeah. Uh, we're, we're right to the end of the podcast, Tony, and this was very informative and. Uh, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience uh, and, at all uh, with them now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. No, I would just encourage people to get started with whatever they want to do. You know, if it is a podcast, uh, you know, get some of those free resources. You know, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, talk to people and really just take action. You know, just follow that. That's just, you know, if there's one thing I can leave with you is really... <laughs> Do the the what, the how, and and take action. That's really what's going to set people up for success. If it is in the podcasting uh, area, I just gave you a great way to get started yeah, learning the what. Yeah, no, uh, actually, this was a very uh, good airing because 
um, where you went to discuss today about business was are things that people need to hear. We get caught up on the shiny stuff, but we there's principles behind small business and business. Yeah. And I touched on that today very eloquently. So I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, Tony, My pleasure. thank you as always. It's great. We're going to have you back on. I think I'm going to have you on as a snippet uh, later on. We'll take a little part of podcasting and take 20 minutes. But um, Tony, thanks for taking the time today in uh, the recording. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me here today. Well, I want to thank everybody thank for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.